Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome to Wildcast Studios for another episode of Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats, presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. Right now, they've got the Black Friday Kitchen Savings Event till December 6th. Save $150 when you purchase two qualifying kitchen appliances or save $300 when you buy three. As well, they've got the Black Friday Laundry Savings Event until December 6th. Uh, save $100 when you purchase two two eligible Whirlpool or Maytag laundry appliances. I am your host, Adam Lund. I am joined by your favorite co-hoster and uh, writer for Rocket Sports, who's got another article coming out this week. Uh, Mr. Jeremy Boucher, have you warmed up from the parade? <laughs> Man, was that ever cold. <laughs> uh, it was, personally, myself, I wasn't cold. Mm-hmm. Uh but when you start standing in the same spot for two yeah. hours, yeah, yeah. it gets cold. Uh, and There's only like minus six, but it's that wind chill that yeah. finds the places in you and, and makes you cold. And I think we were standing in the only spot of Main Street where there's no buildings Ooh, across be... from us. So yeah. the wind was crossing the river and onto the Moncton side. And it just made it a lot more cold. But um, I went home and had a nice hot chocolate and... Warmed up fairly quickly and really took advantage of the uh, the heat, the fireplace. Yeah. Do you have any money left from uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday? I didn't, spend, I didn't buy nothing. Oh, you didn't buy nothing? No, I, it's, really? it's a scam. I, I Black Friday is... Really, some of these stores have, Black, have had Black Friday deals for a month now. Yeah. You know, and it's... You spend, you spend so much and then, you know... It, it, it comes to a point where you just don't even realize how much money you spent. No, and it's, I mean, now they do it more so that you don't have all those, like, more so in the States because they have Black Friday, we have Boxing Day. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of deal. But down there, they used to have, like, everyone rushing to the door and the fights and everything. And now everyone's trying to extend that Black Friday to get your business, to eliminate some of those crazy deals. But I figured maybe you did some Cyber Monday shopping. No, I didn't. Uh, I'm actually not. I haven't bought a single. Well, I bought your Christmas present. I bought one of Layla's this weekend. And the rest of it, I'm just waiting until we head to Alberta. Because then we don't have to pack it. Then we don't have to put it on a plane. Then we just uh, save the 10% tax there when you go. we get there instead of 15%. So I'm not stepping um, foot into a store. Except for stocking stuff, I'm not stepping foot in a store. Oh, really? Yep. Everything all online. If I need a gift card, I'll go to the gas station where they have a big wall of gift cards and say, I want this for this much money. I'll pay for it there. They'll activate it on the spot. I am not going to the mall. We are just so different. I got no problems going. I love going to the mall. I love nope. Christmas shopping. I avoid it like the plague. <laughs> what is, does Megan avoid the mall? Or is she the She's mall online mall? too. She's, uh-huh. she, she'll go. She shops. Um... Is that just this time of year, or in general, if you can avoid the mall, you'll avoid it? I've, I used to go to the mall religiously, yeah, like every day. Where if I was off, I would, you know, this was for Megan, yeah. But you know, I I had a routine where I, you know, I work my five days a week, but on my days off, I would just go walk at the mall. It hmm. was that was my day. Those were my days off, and I haven't. I don't think I've been to the mall. I was okay. I was at the mall. Um, maybe a month ago, and 
I can't remember prior to that the last time I went. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big mall guy anymore. Yeah, I'm I mean I we go to the Walmart. That's not really a mall, but we go to that. But I will go to the mall to do most of my Christmas shopping. Usually when we're staying here I get it done by going to the mall, going to all the stores. I just I like going to the stores. I like being out with people, being around. And Layla's an online shopper. She's got half of the gifts for the nephews and uh, nieces and nephews already. And when you live away from family, it's easy to get it on Amazon. Ship it right to them. You can get it wrapped already. Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot of what we're going to do is ship our gifts to Alberta. So when we show up, we just wrap it up and uh, get ready for the rest of the Christmas. But that's what we did last time. We arrived in Calgary at, like, I think, 11. Had lunch at... Uh, Cross Iron Mills Mall, did some final shopping, and then did a few things here and there, because trying to, well, A, if you put it on a plane, you might not get it. That's it, yeah. It might end up somewhere yeah. else, and heaven forbid you want to uh, you want to forget something, but man, I was ready to talk about uh, MasterChef? No, Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen, there was none. There was none, and I went to watch it yesterday after the... Uh, all my sports teams lost before the Oilers. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to watch. And I clicked on it, and I'm like, oh. And I couldn't figure out why there was, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving. There was no yeah. episode, so. Yeah. Wah, wah. Oh, well, next week, this week. This week. We'll be back, yeah. For those that uh tuning in, you had to, you had your trade articles coming out. So you got you mm-hmm. the one with Wildcats. Uh, what's next? Uh, so this week I'll have uh, a little article on the Cape Breton Eagles. Yeah, a little little chat with uh, Andrew Barrington. No, no, no. Oh, okay, it was that Andrew Barrington's future general manager. <laughs> uh, the current I had a chat with current general manager Sylvain Couturier. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little brief five minute chat, and it'll be all put together into a three hundred word article. <laughs> to a three hundred word article. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, don't don't forget as always you can follow us on the social medias Twitter Moncton Wildcast Instagram Wildcast Podcast TikTok Wildcast Podcast and don't forget to like and subscribe here on the YouTube click that little bell so you don't miss any of these wonderful shows mm. uh, let's do a quick question um, we haven't had one of those in a while I guess uh, for you sir who's been a fan since day one mm-hmm. um, with all these events surrounding this past weekend do you feel the Wildcats do enough to honor their history? Um, because when I first moved here to the Coliseum, I walked around, yeah, they had all, all, all the players up, uh, on the, not really a banner, but like kind of a banner, whatever you want to call them, window dressing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that guy played here. Oh, I didn't know that guy played here. Um, but now we're in the new place almost five years. Is it time to kind of showcase more of the history? I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, cause we have had a lot of players that have, that have played here that went on to, know pretty good nhl careers Mm -hmm. and and some that are just getting started into their nhl careers and you know you can almost use that as a recruiting tool as well because this is a very good place to develop players and we have a strong history of of getting players to the next level and it's uh no you're right they had that thing at the coliseum where it was behind i believe section six uh where it was a wall uh, I think they call it the Wall of Fame, or mm-hmm. I'm not it's sure. Like yeah, where it had a an action shot of all the players that uh, had made it to the NHL, and it is missing from the Avenir Center unless it's behind the scenes that uh, you know we haven't had a chance to to see yet. But you know, there's the little flip pull up things that they have there, and. Yeah. Um, 
but there's really you know there's really not um, a lot that's around the ring to that makes you think that that's there's this player played here or that player played here and, and all that so it would be no, it would be nice if given what we just went through on on Friday night mm-hmm. if we start to see uh, a little bit more of you know dedication and and of of what's what we've had in the past right because i mean they do have a, those some of the flags up above mm-hmm. the doors when you walk in and i know inside the room we've both been in there there's the wall of all the players that have played here and for all the players to see all the time but um and it's and i'm not talking about retiring jerseys every 2 years or anything like that but even i asked you i mean is Brad Marchand done enough when he retires to be his, have his number raised here and you weren't quite sure i mean he's won Stanley Cups maybe even a ring of honor where like you have like the Oilers to get your number retired for the Oilers, you have to be in the hall of hall of fame, but they have a ring of honor. The flames have forever a flame, I believe. And to be a retired, you have to be in the hall of fame too, as well. I think that's their standard, which is tough in, in the queue, but something somewhere with a ring of honor so that you get those players that maybe don't get their number retired, but they get honored as one of the best who ever played. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, they got the one wall with all the teams on it, but just something because I know, like, talking about Alberta, we're getting to go home and in the dome. I can't remember what section's behind, but if you look up, there's a massive wall of honor that's got all the, the records of all the the Hitman players that have come through there. And mm. it's just, it's something cool for you know these new fans that you're trying to attract to see the history because they'll recognize names that played in the NHL. No, you're right. Uh, you know, it's I'm sure it's in terms of retired jerseys. You know, it took so many years to get the first one. Yeah. I don't even, I I'm can't even think of, of, of how long it'll take to get the next one. But like I mentioned to you, you know, there's two jersey numbers that a player hasn't worn mm-hmm. since Connor Garland left and since Jacob Pelche left. Yeah. Number eight, number 11. Yeah. Uh, so is that an indication of maybe something that's coming down the road? I, I would think so uh, because, you know, if you look at it, not long after Corey Crawford wore number 29, Nicola Riopelle was wearing it, you know, just a few yeah. a few years later, right? Yeah. So it's not like they're... It's not even like they wear it in the preseason either. Mm. Like it's, I, I've yeah. never seen it. Well, that's it. So it's... It, is it just a number that they've just said, we're not letting anybody wear this? Yeah. I mean, I don't care about cups. What Connor Garland accomplished in Moncton is worthy of having his jersey number retired. Right. You know? Um, I think the argument for Marchand would be he's won cups. He's won cups. But at the same time, with Marchand, it was, he, had, he played for three teams, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think what they're focusing on right now is this is where you played your entire career. Like Crawford, mm-hmm. Garland, like Peltier. Uh, these are guys that played their entire careers here, and they're worthy. Even though, you know, Pelche didn't, as much as I love the guy, He his numbers didn't pop out, you know. But it was what his attitude towards the game mm-hmm. that I think is, is worthy of, of, you know, a, a ceremony here down the road. And, you know, uh, Garland's points just speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something that 
And maybe after the first one, they wanted to see how it would go. Maybe they do get into a little bit more of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just it was really cool to watch that ceremony. We'll get into it a little bit later in the show. But I even said to you up in the press room, like, this is the stuff I miss not being a part of history because mm-hmm. it was playing over us again. Um, about only living here for the past five years because I don't know enough about the Wildcats history. And you can do research on YouTube and look through articles and stuff like that. But it's just, you know, be cool to have those kind of nights to re-engage the newer fans as part of the uh, <clears throat> as part of the history that they have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm sure they have something planned. There's, I'm just, we have no dates. No. That's it. No, we have no dates. All right, let's get some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Bit of a uh, lighter news segment this uh, this week. We just finished about talking prospects in the Monctonian. Now there's another QMJHL marquee event as the roster <laughs> for the 2024 QMJHL Cup in Chatangay was announced to take place December 14th to 17th. Um, team Samuel Montebal, uh, Team Yanni Gord, Team Matthew Joseph, and Team Jonathan Marshall. So I said to you before we even got started, I was going to highlight this. and This isn't quite the names you may hear in that first round that compete with some of the UMB teams. So just kind of explain what this tournament is in terms of the names that you're going to talk about later on in the prospects. Yeah, so that these four teams are uh, basically you know, what was formerly known as Midget Espoir in, in Quebec, which is uh, like a midget minor uh, division. There's some Quebec high school players on there. These are players who will likely be picked, you know, round six on. Okay. It's uh, it's pretty rare that unless you're – unless you dominate the Midget Espoir or the Midget Minor – uh, division, you you probably won't hear your name called before at least the fourth round. So it's this having your being picked for this these rosters for this tournament. It's all about exposure, you know. Because you're yes, there are scouts that go watch some of these games, but if you want to get noticed, this is a tournament to get noticed at. Okay. Yeah. So this is the same level as what. The uh, the New Brunswick teams, yeah, were you could probably take a couple of those teams, bring them down to the Monctonian, and the competitiveness level would be on par. Uh, because when you know the Maritime teams go to that tournament, it, they they get embarrassed, right? Just because the level is is just not not the same. And and the tournament that has the top teams and the top players that you'll see in first couple rounds is the CCM Challenge, correct? Yeah, the Gatorade, I think it's called. That's in April or May in uh, in Bobrian. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And then we got the uh, Kim J. Till Team of the Week, um, which is a perfect lining up as one of the one of the teams coming this weekend had three names on that team. So Jeremy Minville of Gatineau had two goals for two goal four goals, two assists in two games. Uh, Felix Gagnon of Big Como had two goals, 25 assists. I'm going to assume that's two assists. That's a good week. <laughs> two goals, 25, yeah. Um, two goals, two assists in three games. Emil Gute uh, of Shakunami had four goals, three assists in three games. Nolan Ling had uh, – <laughs> yeah, you're looking at me for that last name, right? Yeah. Um, had uh, no goals, five assists in two games. And Loic Uriso, uh, Shakunami <laughs> had three goals, four assists. How was that? 
Well, you know, uh, Adam, you're, you're what the French call <laughs> les incompetents. Yeah, that is true. It's, uh, the first one's Loic, isn't it? Loic, Ustero. Ustero. All right. How's it go? And Raphael Precourt was a goaltender uh, for Scudamy. 2 0 0 9 save percentage and a .5 goals against average. The player of the week was Loic Ureso. Getting better. Getting better. Uh, of Shukurumi, uh three goals, four assists, uh, a plus eight, who you will see um, this Saturday as the Sags uh, are here. On the weekend at the end of the five-game homestand, yeah, that's pretty much uh, pretty much anything. Pretty short news segment, so uh, I guess we'll just kick into the Weekly Rewind. Weekly Rewind. The Wildcats go 2-1 and one on the weekend, bringing the record to 17-6, 1-1, 36 points on the season. Good enough for third in the conference still uh, and second in the Maritime Division. Um, Thursday, they took on the Islanders. No loshing, uh, but no issues as it was finally good to see the Wildcats jump out to an early lead. They stayed with it. Um, they didn't allow the Islanders back in the game, but I did think at 4-1 um, when they kind of jumped on, I think it was also Solos, the back, the goaltender. Oh, Ozels. Ozels. Um, because the night two weeks ago, they jumped on him uh, and he was pulled. They brought in Pickle and changed the whole game. I kind of wondered if we were going to see that again. They didn't go with a goaltending change. Moncton was able to just stay the course. And, and it was good to finally just have a, a winnable game against the Islanders and, and just kind of take care of business. I think the difference is just it, it seems like they always struggle in Charlottetown. Sure. You know, it needs. It's been like that for years now. Uh, the going to the East League Center or the Charlottetown Civic Center was that's what it was called before. I think has always been a struggle for Moncton. So, but you know they they took care of business where you know where they where they had to, and you know it's there was no lotion but uh some stepped up yep you know it was uh that's that's just showing the the depth that this uh this team ha- the the team has here is doesn't matter who's out of the lineup you can always count on someone else to uh to you know take the take the spot and 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 steal the show and it was uh, some that uh some that did it yeah we got to see Carrie and Denway mm-hmm. play together um, had a good couple shifts, and I don't know maybe if I was just ready to be wowed from their first preseason game a yeah. long time ago, but it, the the connection just wasn't there, and I think that's the fact that they just haven't played together a whole lot coming into this season, and it just it didn't look as cohesive as I thought maybe it would. Well, no, because I mean you can you can tell that they're going to be playing together, you know, in in a few years, and they're going to dominate. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, there you can tell there's there's flashes every time they're on they're on the ice. Right. You can tell that they're that they know each other, uh, and I I want to see it. You know, maybe not this year, but as early as next year, I'd like to see them playing a little bit more together, uh, just to you know start uh, pumping that uh, that scoreboard up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, I. I completely lost my train of thought on no, on that okay. one. So we get into uh, we get into Friday night. We get into the day that uh, kind of everybody was looking forward to. It was Corey Crawford night. Um, obviously, before we get into the game, let's just kind of first talk about your memories of Corey Crawford. Oh, um, because the 
you know, they had the media availability and a couple times it was mentioned the uh, the series against Ramuski, the fifty five save night against um, against Crosby and mm-hmm. and uh, and the Oceanic. And this is maybe why I talked about they should reference some of the history and put some of these highlights together more um, in the games. But um, yeah, just some of your memories on on Corey Crawford. Uh, he was one of the best, you know, he's, he, he went there and that the draft, you know, the year he was drafted was, I mean, it's gotta be one of the best draft years that the Wildcats have ever put together. Uh, I think in that, that same draft, I mean, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I want to say what year was it? 2000 and two? two no 2000 2000 or 2001 um where they got steve bernier they got Corey crawford they got kevin glode they got carl gagne they got bruce graham they got nathan saunders all in the same draft and it was just one of those drafts that you you well, that's how you build a team. That <laughs> they absolutely knocked it out of the park, uh, and it's just you—you you, you knew that there was going to be a special team once you once you saw that that many players came out of that draft and and would end up playing for for Moncton. Was it two two thousand one? Yeah, I yeah. can't go by Moncton teams because your yeah. website's terrible, CHL. Yeah, so Steve Bernier was first overall. Um, and I think Jasmine Real. Well, that's Montreal, not Moncton. Yeah, and then Crawford, I think, 14. 14th overall. Yeah. It was just such a, such a, such a good draft. Carl Gagne at second round. Yeah. What else we got here? Mm-hmm. Bruce Graham in the third round. Yeah. I think, and Kevin Glode was third fourth, round. Yeah. Nathan Pelham, Saunders was fifth round, round. I think. Uh, it was just such a. Yeah. Good lord, your knowledge just impresses me yeah, every time. Yeah, it's do just this. such a. It was it was an incredible draft, and you know, if we could get a draft like that one again, I mean, we're we're in very good. We'd be in very good shape, you know. And just, but I think it's the whole developing of the goaltender that <laughs> yeah. has really been an Achilles heel for for this team, and uh, it, it's just. Uh, it was funny to hear Mr. Irving say, we played you 38 times in your first year yeah. to develop you. And it's like, what happened with Lavalet and what mm. happened with Philion and, you know, that kind of stuff. But it was a different era back then, right? Like, it, you played your number one as much as you could. You played your rookie, and that's that's what you did. Now it's – there's so many fitnesses and development things and on ice, off ice, analytics, all that stuff. You can't just kind of play that, that style anymore where you just – throw out a rookie 38 times who knows what the now should they have yes but um but yeah i mean it was a good ceremony all the way around mm-hmm. um i was the really ceremony impressed, itself yeah. you know for i've never for moncton have never done one mm-hmm. um it was quite a it was quite a surprise like i don't think a lot of people knew the old four team was going to be there no i didn't um they probably <laughs> It's funny. They really brought out the big names. Uh, <laughs> no offense, but um, I mean, to have a video of Christian Gadet, who lives here, we thought we thought lived here. Yeah. 
Carl Gagne, uh, Bruce Graham, who was, I thought lived here. Uh, well, he it, was working at Honda. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like they, uh, the, the obvious ones, Steve Bernier, who works for the Wildcats, wasn't even in the building, I no. don't think. Um, but, you know, it was uh, – that's not the only one I want to see, you know. Uh, uh, you guys give up. Uh, uh, I'm thirsty for more. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I, I want more of these, and uh, I'd, I think it was we'll, – I'll talk about it a little more in the show, but all in all, I thought the ceremony was, uh, was really well done. Yep, yep. And uh, I don't – I didn't go to the game on Sunday, so I'm not sure where they moved the banner to. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to keep it where it was but um it was a nice banner and yeah it was just a a good day a good vibe in the rink all the way around and it was a good hockey game i'm sure if you ask the two coaches probably wasn't a good hockey game for Mm -hmm. them um if you ask the goalie coaches probably not the best hockey game but um you got five thousand in attendance um six five wildcats win arguably the best 20 minutes of hockey i've seen that team play at home um all year um, in that first 20 minutes. But again, they got out to the hot start and I don't want to say they went into a sit back mentality, but you know, you kind of mentioned it. The Huskies made a few adjustments mm-hmm. and Moncton couldn't really f- get back into it. They kept finding the next goal to, to not allow Ren around to tie it. But um, it just seemed like there was just something amiss in that final 40 minutes and they held on. Well, and that's I'm glad you mentioned it because it's not the first time I've said it. It's not the first time where they've gotten the next one. You know, it's it's that seems to be what they're able to do this year. Is in previous years they would they would tighten up and choke, whereas this year they go out and get the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a one goal game, they'll go out and make it a two goal game, mm-hmm. and then obviously, you know, Malkin got that late um, got that late power play. Uh, with uh, you know Anthony Turcott with the checking from behind penalty, I can just imagine him getting back to the bench and the coach looking at him and like, "Look what you did, you little jerk!" <laughs> and uh, you know that was that ends up being the game-winning goal. Yeah. You know, and I have to say this because I think I think it's true. If if it was a 65-minute game, I don't think Monkton holds on because even when there was four two what is it two point six seconds left and there was that offensive zone face-off, yeah, and they still managed to get a shot on goal that Steinman had to make a save at the final bu- at the final buzzer. So it was uh, you know, in one of those cases. Or I think you're kind of fortunate. It was uh, it was a 60 minute game and not uh, a 61 or a 62. Yeah, and I updated the stats Thursday wise. So we actually got a, finally got a victory on Thursday. Mm. So we're now one and three on Thursdays. Still outscored 24 to nine, but hey, we got a win. And uh, Versus the preseason contenders, we got the 6-5 victory. We ended up losing to Halifax 4 nothing, So we're now 2-5, and five, but we brought the shots being outscored down to 32-15. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I like the compete level against Ren, and we said it last week. You said three points. I said I wanted four. I said we have the top nine to play with Ren Aranda, and that's exactly what we got with Loshing being back for that one. So our top line was going. Um, the Sumpf, Smith, and uh, OJ line, the ass line, um, <laughs> Not in a bad way. Um, like, that's that's three good lines that you can put out against pretty much anyone, and they'll be able to compete. And that's what I that's what I like to see um, that they did against Ren Aranda. They, they were able to put out three lines and keep keep things moving. Um, 
And then, of course, Jacob Steinman channeling is in a Corey Crawford on the night with 44 saves on the night. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, again, one of those nights where they got the scoring when they needed it. And, yeah. you know, they, they also took some silly penalties. There was probably some penalties that weren't penalties. Yeah. There was probably, and, but at the same time, they, you know, they, they had a good, a big game from, um, from OJ. They had a wicked shot from Miles Mueller. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he could shoot like that. No, and just as the, the power play um, ended too, and that was a big one because um, Ruren was kind of getting back into that one, and I think it was 3-2 at that point, mm-hmm. and you don't, uh, they don't score that one, and maybe Ruren is able to tie this thing up, and it's a completely different hockey game, but the the resolve, and we talked to Miles right after, and he kind of mentioned it, it they they got beat pretty handily on, on Ruren's home ice, and which is a smaller type rink, and I'm not saying that because they're on the big ice, it was it was a difference, but um, it was good to see Moncton on the second end of a back-to-back compete and play well uh, against a team that they may have to see down the line. No, for sure. And, I mean, I mean this in the nicest way. I wasn't very impressed with Ruan. You know, uh, I think they've got some work to do. Yeah. If they want to, you know, be in the finals and be – at least make it past the second or third round. I well, they mean, went, they, went one Russo, on, they went one and two on the road trip. Yeah. William lost to Bathurst. Yeah. William Russo, for someone who was up against the best goal in the league last year in the playoffs, led in a couple softies. He did. And I said it on the live. I think we took advantage of a Russo that wasn't very, mm-hmm. you know, Russo, yeah, Memorial Cup winning Russo, yeah, because um, I think he had the first one. Was it? Who had the first goal of the game? Mercier was a good shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, kind of. Oh, they had one called back that kind of went through his arm and got a bit of a quick whistle. And then the OJ one um, ended up kind of going through his five hole, which kind of dribbled in. So yeah, I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that it was the first game on the after the long bus trip. Maybe could have been some bus lags, whatever you want to call it. But that's the type of game that Moncton's got to take advantage of. They did. They got the they got the four points uh, to start the road, the homestand two and zero, um, and then Sunday. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if you were playing Halifax, Valdor, the St. John Vitos, the Dieppe Flyers. It didn't matter who they were playing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Moncton was not going to win that hockey game, and. And I'm not talking about a competitive standpoint. I'm just when you're so emotionally high on Friday after beating a team that beat you six nothing, one of the top four contenders. It is a jersey retirement night. There's a lot of buzz in the building. We heard it when we were down talking to Miles and uh, you know, that building and Mercier it was they were pumped after the win. It didn't matter who they were playing. There's always going to be that emotional letdown. You hope that because they play the Mooseheads and the divisional opponent that'll kind of get them energized, but mm-hmm. it just, it just didn't. And they were, they were in tough. No, for sure. And it's probably a good thing that we didn't go to the game, Adam, yeah. because, you know, from sitting up at that press box, I can only imagine, you know, what we'd be saying, you know, about those players. And, you know, if, if they, if they heard, if, you know, if they could hear us from up there, they'd probably be like, you know, down here, you big horse's ass, <laughs> come and get me before I call the police. You know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. 
uh, we probably would have had some choice words for for the team, but at the same at the same time, like you said, it was one of those games where I didn't expect them to win. It was no, it would have been nice to win because a regulation win would have put Moncton right back in a tie yeah. with the Mooseheads are first in in the division, and now it's uh you know now it's a four point difference. So you're you're um. You, you were cut out, you know. It's uh, this is a team that I predicted would win the Maritimes division, and you know I know it's only a four point difference, and their Halifax is probably going to lose a couple of guys to Royal yeah. Juniors, a couple of big names to the Royal Juniors, yeah. and so if there's a at the same time Moncton will as well, but not a not the not reigning CHL six, yeah. you yeah, know yeah. MVP or or QMJHL MVP or and your number one defenseman. Yeah, I think more of it can still go right. No, he's twenty. He's twenty. Yeah, but you know, there's. I wasn't a, sure when his birthday. You've got to have Mathis Russo on as one of the four goalies that go to camp. Oh yeah, there's. If they take four, they might yeah. just say, "Here's three, and you're all on the team." I think he should make it. He's I think he's a, got an invite. Yeah. He's he's yeah. had a heck of a year. As much as we make, you know, light of him and and whatnot, he's he's one of the top three goaltenders, I believe in. Yeah. Uh, in the country, you know, and at, you're right. He's got a chance, and uh, you know, he's probably going to be the only one that goes there. That's that's undrafted, NHL undrafted. So he's mm-hmm. just going to go to camp, and you know, be like, you know, this is it. Don't get scared now, <laughs> and and just play your play his game, play your game. Uh, I I see no reason why he he should not get an invite. Yeah, because we don't now play Halifax until January 14th. So. Um, if we're going to catch them, we got to catch. If we want to catch them before the trade period, we're going to have to do it by taking care of our business. And yeah, I, I always enjoy going to the games, but I just was kind of under the weather, and I kind of knew that this one was going to be the the letdown, the come down yeah. game. Yeah. So I just <laughs> come down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, Halifax walked in, took the two points, and said, "Keep the change, you filthy animals." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Say goodnight, uh, Kevin. Yep, and walked. Uh, goodnight, Kevin. Walked right out of there. <laughs> but what's funny is I was looking because um, we're only four points behind them, and we know Halifax is going to make some moves, right? So we're four points behind them: seventeen six and one. Halifax nineteen five for forty points. At the same time last year, so I went to the 29th because, funny enough, we played these exact two teams on the exact same Fridays and Sundays, eh? In November, when you look at the schedule, played around around on the Friday night at home. We oh, played Halifax. God. That was the game that we got down four nothing and came all the way back. Right. Um, but I found that kind of funny that we played the exact same team. So last year, Moncton was six points behind Halifax at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Halifax was fourteen and seven with thirty one points, and Moncton was twelve and ten with twenty five <laughs> points. But I don't think they had Lawrence at this point, did they? It was around this time. It was right after yeah. the Monctonian. Yeah. Yeah. So so we were six points behind them. We kind of know what happened last year. They obviously took off and Moncton mm-hmm. made some deals. So it will be interesting to see um, the next couple weeks for this for this hockey club yeah. because you want to keep pace with Moncton. Mm-hmm. They have a chance with the schedule. So we're going we're gonna to look at the preview. They've got St. John coming in on Thursday for the Hockey Fights Cancer Night. The one game that... Sunday against Shakutami. I hate missing games, especially when it's against Quebec teams because we never see them. We never see them. Um, so schedule maker and slash Christmas party didn't help uh, on these two weeks. But yeah, so this is the uh, this Saturday is the yeah is the yeah that's the cat yeah 
podcast Christmas party, but yeah. uh, at separate, uh, <laughs> yeah, at separate, separate venues. locations. Yeah. Um, so they've got St. John, they've got Shakutami, then they've got on the road, they go to Sherbrooke, Quebec, Schwinnigan, three and three, Bathurst, Cape Breton. Mm-hmm. There is a definite chance this team can win out. Now, we're probably going to miss Mueller come up this weekend. I don't know, if, I don't even know if he'll play against Shakutami. Um, yeah. Depends when he leaves, I guess. That's too early. I think he's depends when they want their camp though. It's it's it won't be until you don't think so the week after at least. Okay, yeah. And you're gonna lose some, so we're gonna lose a couple players. Yeah, but they've got a definite chance to go to run the table, and then you get into some really interesting trade talks. Yeah, uh, getting into the trade talks. I mean, my interview with Richie last last week and. You know, the one I had uh, with, with Sylvain Couturier, I mean, these two were on the same page. They were saying the exact same things. They were saying that the players that are available are costing an astronomical amount, and they're not willing to pay it. And you so, had a couple of those because you highlighted the top ten in one of your article, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So by the sounds of it, I mean, Tristan Luneau probably going to play for Team Canada. Probably going to get sent back to the queue, but you know, it would be a huge mistake for Gatineau not to trade him. Yeah, it would be a huge mistake for Gatineau not to trade Sam Savoie. You know, when he's back from his from his injury, there's there's players out there that they should be traded, but apparently teams want top dollar for them, and that, that's they if they they have to trade them, they have it would be a huge mistake not to and. You know, it would be funny if Gatineau has Luno and Savo after the after the after Christmas. It would be funny if you know. It's just I, I yeah. can't imagine it. But um, you know, it, there's it could very well just be GM talk uh, where they just don't want to give too much away and right. Um, maybe these two are just you know they're maybe they're fighting for the for the same players <laughs> yeah. you know and they're just not wanting the budge and they're saying that the price is too high because they think they have the best offer on the table and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah and um because you yeah, only tra- you can only trade people if you find the right partner mm. and... next thing you know they're they're in a fight and you know he started it he ate my pizza on purpose you know yeah no exactly he knows i hate sausage and olives and <laughs> onions and and don't fill up on pepsi don't just fill up on pepsi yeah. um Halifax's schedule though they've uh, they got Ren Drummondville coming like up in that. there I in, like that. in their games uh, yeah uh, so they they head out on the road trip now they got Blaineville Valdor and Ren around on that road trip mm-hmm. and then they come home first games against Drummondville Gatineau and then they got Bathurst St John so yeah that's that's a tough road trip for Halifax and it's going to be a big test too mm-hmm. you know uh, going up against Rouen that small neutral zone and against Drummondville and you know, just Sandy don't visit the funeral homes, little buddy. <laughs> uh, so they gotta, you know, if, if they want to pull away and make me eat crow about my Maritimes predict my Maritimes division prediction, they gotta yeah. they're gonna have to win these games. Yeah, they got nine. They got nine left before the uh, before the Christmas trade period. So we got seven. So there is a chance to make up some ground on them, but um, we'll have to see. When you look at the two teams, say John Shakutami, personally. 
I would like to see Steinman play against St. John. And the reason, there's no easy games in the queue, mm-hmm. but he just went against Halifax, ran around a back-to-back. At some point, you kind of want to give him, I don't want to say a night off, but you want to make the matchup a little bit, a little easier for him. Instead of, it's tough to be the number one guy and only get the tough matchups every time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would like to see him take on St. John. I'd like to see Keegan Warren go against Shakutami and see him against a different team that's right there with us, a talented different team. I kind of wondered if maybe Keegan was going to get Halifax, but I think the way they were coming off that big game, maybe if there wasn't a ceremony with Ren and it was a regular Friday night, maybe Keegan would have played against there to give him a shot against a tougher team. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the week where you can kind of give Steinman the night against St. John and then give Keegan the, the night against Shakutami, who I think is only four points behind us, six yeah. points behind us, which is a – they're getting it. A they're, real good test for him. Yeah, they're starting to turn around and and yeah, six points behind us. Yeah, you know, Saint Saint John. It's it's a it's a rivalry game, and you know, obviously there's no fighting, but uh, you know, how about we just slap him in the face with a paint can, <laughs> you know, or you know, shove a nail through his shove a nail through their foot. Yeah, you know, you got you got to find ways to uh, if you can't fight in this league, you got to find a way to <laughs> shove nails in their foot. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> burn the head with a blowtorch. You you got to find ways to uh, to get past uh, past these games, the rival games, and and this could be a very well game where they're just maybe they look ahead to the game against Shakutami and maybe don't uh, you know don't don't come out and play their sixty minutes. And I mean, I think we joked about uh, yep. the red game, you know, thirty minute ceremony, and so the game <laughs> the game was thirty minutes late, and they played their best twenty minutes of the of of the of the yeah, season, right? That's true. So they're uh, it, Maybe we should just start, like I said. I think I've said this to you before. Next season, when the schedule comes out, I would love for Friday night games to be at 7.30. Yeah. I don't care about Saturday. Weeknights, 7 p.m., that's fine. Friday nights, 7.30. It gives the parents and the families enough time to get home, have a bite to eat, Mm -hmm. and get to the rink and not feel rushed. Or bring their family out for supper before the game, Help the economy out, and then go to the yeah. game. Yeah, you have no, said it's... that. It'd be interesting to see if that's if that's something that they they end up doing, end up bringing. But basically, to end this, like this is this is our house. We have to defend it in these final two games. Mm-hmm. You've started the the five game swing. This is the longest home strand they're going to have. I do believe this season. Yep. Yep. This is the longest home stand of the season. So you're two and one now. Mm-hmm. Um. Get out of this thing at at four and one at, at the least makes your home record look just that much better um, as you go into the the kind of last month of the season because like before we even got on here looking stats wise first of all shocked power play was number two overall in the league mm. and uh, the team that's number one is the team that's coming in on Saturday in Shakutami at twenty nine and a half percent but the record. Uh, where was it here? Well, it makes you feel any better. I forgot my reading glasses. <laughs> you did. Um, so leading after one, Moncton's 12-0. and 0. Leading after two, 15-0. Uh, five and one after two periods. When tied after two periods. After one period, sorry. 2-0-1 oh, um, when tied. But when they're trailing, 0-5 oh, and 0-6 and oh, and after two periods. So something where if Moncton can get up and get started and get a lead after 40 minutes, they are... Generally, they lock it down. 
Um, and against Sakutami, they're 8 0 uh, when leading after one and 11 and one when leading after two. And uh, one and seven when trailing after after 20 minutes, and one and seven when trailing after two. So get on top of them and take care of business, and um, you should come away with two points. But this, you, you, you want to catch Halifax coming into the trade deadline. Um, I don't want to say you want to put the pressure on Richie coming into the trade deadline and maybe reward you with a couple players. And again, I, I don't even know where you reward. In, in this team, maybe uh, an older defenseman. Um, but depth-wise, 1 through 9, even 1 through 12, where do you go, mm. right? Like, that's... They're, they're, we're the fourth youngest team in the league. Yeah. I, I mentioned that in my article. 17.88 years of age. Yeah. Crazy. And and like Richie said, more experience. You can't go wrong with more experience. Well, how are you going to bring in more experience when you've got roster you're 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 almost gonna have to if you want to get more experience and get older you almost have to trade or trade away a young roster player and bring in an older roster player right which doesn't always make sense no because at that point who are you gonna drop yeah you know there's um there's if you look at the forward group there's you know how many how many forwards we got on the team 14 14? Yeah. Yeah, because you get 12 and you get uh, 13. Because so you got Delorier usually. So. You have 15? Forwards? Yeah. No, I think there's just 12. Hmm. Well, it's 14 or 15. Well, you know, if you look at the forward group, there's, you know, there's 15 people in the house and, and the, the only one that may, has to make trouble, yeah. you know, is, is the one that has to be the, the odd man out, right? It's... um. I thought there was 15. Maybe not. Four, no, 14 sounds right. Yeah, 14. Yeah, so that's it. Like, if you want more experience in this lineup, you have to you, – you're going to have to uh, – what is it? Add by – addition Subtract. by subtraction. Yeah. Right? So you can't just go and change Sidney Delorier's birth certificate. No. Right? And say, oh, he's not 17, he's 19. Yeah, That's not going to work. Sorry, there's 14 because Samson and Deloria right. are usually the two. You can't just go and change birth certificates no. around. And so you have to look at, if you want an older uh, back end, if you want an older forward group, you're going to have to take somebody out to bring somebody in. But you can't just look at it for the second half of this season. That mm-hmm. older player has to make sense for your roster next season. Yep. And, and what you're doing at the draft in what is supposed to be our all-in go yeah, for you're a year. You're not going to go and trade a, a, a Denoyer or a Carrier. No. Uh, you're not going to go... I mean, there's 17-year-olds on the team that could very well be... could fetch you a return, and then you use those assets to go get somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the only thing I can think about at this point, to go get yourself older. Because then, you know, you trade a 17-year-old and you go get yourself an 18-year-old. Well, then you're going from 17.88 maybe to 18.01. Yeah. Sure, you're older. but it, So that's, I think, kind of the approach is maybe they're looking at some current roster players that might be well better suited on a, on, on a younger team, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, 
who they could immediately instead of playing like a fourth line, they go and play a third or a second line mm-hmm. immediately, and it's it's gonna be tough. You know, but I, I don't want to like. You I, also I have to worry I, about what happened last year, right? They, I don't. I don't want to overpay. No, you don't overpay, and you, and and what happened last year? I mean, they moved out a couple guys, and it seemed like the locker room just kind of didn't fracture or anything like that. But they mm-hmm. kind of went on the nine game losing streak, and they couldn't figure it out in the second half. And and the team's going well. You want to reward them with players this year that can help them get into the third round, which is mm-hmm. kind of the success that we want to see the trajectory go. Mm-hmm. But at, at what at what um, at what cost? What at what cost? Right? What expense in your locker room are you doing that to? Right, yeah. like making a move just for the sake of making a move doesn't make a lot of sense. And we've seen Richie not do that either. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty good at being pretty analytical on what guys he wants to move out and the reasons for that. Whether fans like it or not, he's got reasons for it, and, it, and it's working out. They're seventeen six and one. They're third in the third in the league mm-hmm. right now as the fourth youngest team in in the league. So. Um, it's going to be a very interesting two weeks, especially if they kind of knock on wood, run the table, mm-hmm. and you're looking at uh, you know one of the top three teams in the league. Everyone is going to be looking at Moncton to see what moves they make to stay with Halifax, to stay with Baycomo, to stay with yep. Ruren Naranda. Mm-hmm. And if the moves aren't there, that kind of puts a different round of pressure. But, hey. We've got a whole month to get to that That's point. Right. And we you know we, we know how uh, Richie talked about last uh the some of the late nights that yeah. he's had, you know, it's uh yeah. you know, there's he's been awake uh, 60 hours, he's tired, he's dirty. <laughs> you know, he's been from uh, you know Chicago to Paris to Dallas and you know, sometimes he's like where the hell am I? <laughs> you know? Oh man, yeah. I uh I just one year, just one year I want to sit in the room I'll sign an NDA. I'll leave my phone outside. I just want to sit in there and be part of those transactions mm-hmm. and just listen to how those things get made. That is just the most fascinating part mm-hmm. to me is how these trades. And I know they're not going to get made on the, you know, if I was able to go there and sit there for 48 hours, they're not going to be made in that 48 hours. But just to hear how these things go, I think that would just be absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, I'll leave my phone out. I'll sign an NDA. I just want to be part of it and kind of hear how this uh, stuff goes about. Are you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Oh, sure. All right. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. Well, speaking of uh, Eric Murray, uh, we'd like to congratulate Eric Murray on his uh, four year, his fourth year of service. With the uh, Remax Avante, Avante Group. Uh, so uh, congratulations, yeah. Eric. Uh, wonderful uh, accomplishment. Merry Christmas, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, and uh, for this st- uh, stick pack of the week, um, you know, it's I mentioned it earlier. You know, we've uh, we've watched you know these Jersey retirements on on TV before. Yeah. Uh, I've never experienced one uh, in person. Uh, and Adam is, no, is, is either, agreeing actually. that he's never seen one uh, either. So, you know, I, we went into this, or I went into this, not knowing what to expect. Um, there, there's been, you know, there's been players come back to Moncton and they get a little video tribute, and there's a five-second ovation that's so quiet you don't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I wanted this ceremony to be like. Um 
I looked at you at the start and I was like, what's your over under on, on, on the length of this ceremony? I said eight and a half minutes. I said 17. Yeah. And I was like, I was looking at my stop, my, this, the stopwatch on my phone. I'm like, I'm seeing this number just go up and go up and go up and go up to the point where it got to 25 minutes. And I was like, wow, they're really, really doing this really well. Yeah. Um, so for first timers, uh, I I think it's the stick tap of the week is is worthy uh, to, to to go to the Wildcats for what they were able to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was extremely well done. The uh, bringing in the family, his entire family, you know, his parents even. I saw his mom chugging a glass of wine, you know, in the second intermission of that game. She was clearly his, having a good time. I think his billets were there too. Yeah, his billets were there. Some of the former teammates were there. Uh, his kids were there. His wife was there. Uh, it was really, really, really well done, and you know they've they've really set set the bar. You know, there's if there's yeah. any further ones down the road, that's it's gonna be tough to beat. Yep. So uh, I think uh, I think it's it's I think they, no they they did really well. I was super impressed. So good job to the Wildcats for putting that together, and you you really knocked it out of the park. The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. I just wanted him to get on the mic and be like, fucking rights, Moncton! <laughs> <laughs> like, his, uh, like his Stanley Cup celebration in, in Chicago, but... Uh, that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Right now until December 2nd, they've got 30% off all facial treatments as well. Don't forget, they have the loyalty card. So when you book nine spa services, you get one free. If you want to take advantage of this, call to book your appointment 506-830-1224 or book with them in person at 1224 Mountain Road. This one goes to a player that hasn't had the best start to the year by his standard. Um, he's been up and down the lineup. Uh, tough to find some chemistry in this past week. Uh, when he was paired with Sump and Smith, he had two assists versus the Isles, two big goals against the Huskies on Friday. Seems to find it, be finding his game with those two players, um, which gives us three great lines. Um, he was the CHL Game of the Week, Player of the Game with two goals, the Wildcats Wildcat of the Week. I don't know about you. We're feeling 22. Thomas OJ. That will do it for this episode presented by Alpha Supply Solutions. Don't forget they've got the black friday deals till december 6th mm. waiting for there it is the black friday kitchen event uh save 150 dollars when you purchase two qualifying kitchen appliances 300 when you purchase three or more qualifying kitchen appliances as well the laundry savings event save 100 dollars when you purchase two whirlpool or maytag laundry appliances what's yeah. next maybe shots for the easter bunny <laughs> maybe what's next uh don't forget uh, tomorrow is hockey fights cancer night at the avenue center the Wildcats will have their lavender jerseys that they will likely auction off at the end of the game. Um, and then Saturday, the Shikumi Saginaw are in town. Uh, Jeremy and I will not be there as it is the Wildcats Christmas party at uh, different places. Yep. Where's yours at? Irish Town. Nice. Just randomly in Irish Town? Or? Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, just at a house in Irish Town. Nice. Mine's Sophie and Spritz. Mm. Probably a fancy orphanage. <laughs> For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you next week. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.